Good morning. We can do better than that. Good morning. There we go. My name, perfect. I love it. Uh, my name is Chris Genders. For those of you that don't know me, I am the youth pastor for the church. And for those of you who do know me, I kind of feel like I still need to reintroduce myself to you because uh, I've been traveling like crazy this summer. And so my name is Chris. I've been married for be 18 years next week and got a wife, two kids, live here in Germantown for seven years, things like that. So um, it's been, you're supposed to laugh at that. We're try, I'm trying to ease us into this because like Justin's nervous, you know, he's never taught before. He's getting better. Not too bad? All right, all right. Um, this is Justin Rao. Some of you know him. He's been my intern this summer, um, which it's been great to have an intern uh, because I've traveled five weeks this summer, over 6,500 miles with students, um, Guatemala, Kentucky, and that foreign land of Michigan uh, several times. And uh, Justin has traveled with me on some of that, but then also been back here holding down the fort and working with our breakaway team and our Basque students this summer that were in from Spain. And um, it's just been an incredible summer, lots of great stuff. Um, been great partnering with Justin, and, um, but he leaves, he, not leaves, but he's done. This Wednesday night is his last uh, night with us. Uh, his internship is done. He's going back to school. And uh, we wanted to give him an opportunity before the summer was over to get in front of you guys um, and teach the scriptures. And, uh, you know, he's a little bit nervous. I mean, he'll admit to that. Um, I don't know what God's trying to say to us, but evidently we're not supposed to get too close. Um, but, you know, when I, when I was first given the opportunities to preach, it was in front of a group of like 40 people, um, maybe 50 college students. And so um, as we're, we're traveling this past week and we're talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, don't worry. It's just like 600 people and no, no big deal. And he's like, what? You know, and so but we prayed it up and uh, we're excited to bring it. We're going to tag team a little bit. Um, so I'm going to talk and then he's going to talk and pass it back and forth a little bit um, as we go this morning, as we, uh, we tackle this question of how do I hear God speak to me? Um, it's, it's a pretty common question. Um, it's one that over the 15 years I've been a pastor, I've had a lot of people ask me this question. Um, how do I know what God's will is for my life? How do I know uh, when God is speaking to me? How can I hear his voice? And uh, this morning we're going to answer that question for you. Um, and, and I think many of you are going to find it's not really as complicated as we make it to be, um, but it's also probably not what you expect. And uh, so we're going to answer that for you this morning. Um, we've been in a series called Job, um, I, I guess. I don't know. I've been gone. Um, I saw Bill yesterday, or two days ago in, in Fort Wayne at our, our uh, denominational convention. And he's like, hey, don't forget, you know, Job, Job 42.12. And I'm like racking through my notes and teaching. I'm like, I don't have Job 42.12 anywhere in there. Like, what is that? And he's like, well, God blessed Job's latter part of his life. And I'm like, he's like, that's been my core verse every Sunday. It's supposed to be there. I was like, dude, I haven't been here. Like, I don't know what you've been saying about Job. So this is just like, we're doing our own thing um, this morning. And Bill's not here. Um, we're not changing any policy or procedures. We're just, I'm just, he's nervous. I'm loopy. Um, <laughs> I don't know what God's going to do with us this morning. Um, let's talk a little bit about Job. Job is, in, uh, in the Old Testament, a uh, fascinating story, fascinating book. Um, you know, upright, righteous man, and, and you know, God's chilling in heaven with his angels, and in comes Satan, and um, God, you know, what's really crazy, I've messed with my mind for a long time about Job, is, uh, you know, God's like, hey, what's up, Satan, where you been? He's like, oh, just roaming the earth, see if I can test some people, you know, see how they're doing their faith. And, and God says, hey, have you looked at Job? And if I'm Job, I'm going, hey, <laughs> really? Couldn't you leave me alone on this one? 
It's not Satan that initiates it. It's not Satan who goes, hey, God, you know, I got this Job guy I've come across. God's like, hey, look at Job. Like, he's, he's a pretty upright dude. And go test him. And I'm like, man, you just want to mess with your, your understanding of God. Um, just Job chapter 1. But God allows it. God initiates it. Um, Satan goes down. And, and God basically says, you can do anything to him. Just don't take his life. Um, but he takes, like, everybody else's life. Um, which I don't understand. He takes all of his possessions, all of his livestock, gives Job this incredible illness, disease, all this stuff. And, like, it's just horrible for Job. Uh, Job's wife, you know, she has the gift of encouragement. She says, curse God and die, man. Like, this is horrible. What in the world is going on? And Job's chilling with his friends, and they're like, they're like, Job, dude, what did you do? Like, obviously, you sinned big time for God to be punishing you like this, which was a common understanding in that culture today. And Let's be honest, it's a common thought in our world today, right? If our world's falling apart, what did I do wrong? Why is God punishing me for this? Just, we gotta, that's a whole other sermon. Um, but he goes on and he says, you know, I, I can't. I'm not going to curse God. And he just cries out to God. And he's like, God, you've got to talk to me here. You've got to speak to me. You've got to help me understand what's going on. God, what have I done? I'm like, I've been righteous. I've been living for you. God, answer me, answer me, answer me. And for like a long time, his prayers just seem to be bouncing off the ceiling. And finally, we read, and if you have your Bibles, Job chapter 38. It's one of my favorite uh, sections in Scripture. Job 38, verse 1. It says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you will answer me. And he goes on and he says, you know, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me, where, where were you when, you when I set the limits of the ocean, when I told the stars and the moon and the sun how to, how to circulate and all this stuff? Where were you, Job? Because surely you're, 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 you got it all figured out. Like you've been, you've been throwing all these questions at me. Surely you got this whole thing figured out. And Job, God's just like, brace yourself like a man. You got questions for me, I got questions for you. Get ready. And I don't know about you, but when God says brace yourself like a man, I don't know. I think it might be time to stop and think about the questions I'm asking. Maybe the tone I'm asking. And, and you read, you know, God goes through this like three chapters just laying into Job. And he's like, surely you're smart. You've done all these things. You know the answers to all this stuff. Tell me. And in Job chapter 42, and I don't think I have it on the screen for you. Um, but he says this, Job, kind of, and you can picture this, is like avoiding eye contact. Yes, thank you, sir. May I have another um, type moment? He says, I know that you can do all things, God. No plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely, surely, God, I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, God, but now my eyes have seen you. And therefore, I despise myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. Job just understands in that moment, he's not God. And there's going to be times where God does things that only God understands. And maybe, maybe if we're lucky, he'll explain it to us. He'll give us the, the insight and the luxury into knowing why we're going through something we're going through or, or a specific direction in our life that he wants us to go. And he'll explain that to us. Sometimes he just says, hey, this is a deal. Can you still worship me? 
Uh, we, we had a student, I, well, I was at camp this past week, and um, she broke her leg again, one of our high school students. And um, I sent her a message on Facebook, and, and I said, hey, no, you're going to ask yourself why. Like, you can kill yourself asking yourself, why did this happen to me again? But you, know, you may never get the answer for that. But here's something that I know God would want you to do. Bring honor and glory to his name while you're in the hospital. Make sure the doctors and the nurses know the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. And make sure that when they look at your family, they see a family that's so different from most families they interact with, and they want to know why, and you can point them to Jesus. Maybe that's why you broke your leg. Maybe we don't, I don't know. Maybe it's a fluke accident, but here's an opportunity for you. And sometimes we, just, we get answers, sometimes we don't. And, and I think God wants our questions. I don't think God's afraid of our questions, but we have to ask them respectfully. We have to ask them with the understanding that he is God and we are not. And sometimes we just need to go, thank you, sir. May I have another? You know, I've, I've never heard the audible voice of God. Uh, in all the years I've been a Christian, it's about 19 years, I've never heard God audibly speak to me like Job did. But I know I've heard God speak to me time after time after time. And many of you in this room have heard that as well. But it was just never an audible voice. So how do we hear God speak to us today? Before we answer that question, which we'll get to, I need to make sure you understand something else, though. Um, There's this idea of of a general will of God versus a specific will of God. There's times where where God has this general idea, and I'm going to unpack this for us, um, for us, and just how we're supposed to live. And then there's times specifically where he says, I want you to go here, do this, and that, you know, all that kind of stuff. So let me, let me, uh, let me explain that. Um, years ago, before I was a pastor, um, I'd graduated with a business degree, and I was trying to figure out, what am I supposed to do with my life? And um, I was working for a public school, and I thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll go become a teacher. And I needed a, a master's degree for that. And so I started, you know, thinking about, should I do a master's program? I was living in Chicago in the west suburbs, and should I do it up there? Should I go back to where my alma mater was, downstate, and go to school there? Um, go Panthers, EIU, rocks. Um, I told you I'm loopy. Um, and so I'm like, I'm trying to figure this out, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm seeking God's face, and, and like, there's nothing. No answers are coming. And it's like God has just turned the hearing aid off, and he's not listening to my prayers. Like, I'm getting nowhere. And so I go to my pastor, and I'm like, explain this whole thing to him. Like, I'm like, help me figure out what I'm supposed to do. Like, what's God's will for my life? And he goes into this thing about general will versus specific will. And he says, well, let me ask you this question. He says, um, if you stay here and go to grad school up here, uh, will you still be a Christian? Yeah. Will you still be involved in a church? Will you still serve? Will you still uh, give of your money and your time and your resources? Will you, will you still honor me with your life? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, if you go down to central Illinois and go to grad school down there, will, will you still be a Christian? Yeah. And he goes through the same line of questions. And then the answer is yes. I'm like, yes, I'll, I'll, either way. And, and my pastor goes, well, if you don't hear God saying specifically one or the other, it's your choice. He's leaving that freedom up to you. And not just like, what? Like, I have the freedom to choose? And he's like, apart from God saying specifically, yes, go do this thing or go there or do that, then yeah, honor him and do what you want to do. And this was a radical concept to me at that point in my faith. And maybe for some of you today, that's a radical concept. You've been asking yourselves questions about, should I do this or should I not do that? Should I go here or should I do that? And God's silent on it. And James says, if you lack wisdom, ask God for wisdom. And God's going, you know what, as long as you honor me, I don't care if you go there or here or do that or do this. Just honor me with your life. And and that's kind of the general will of God. See, um, God's will, if, if I were to summarize it as a definition is what God intends to do in and through your life for his glory. 
Let me read that one more time. What God intends to do in and through your life for his glory. Not for ours, but for his. Um, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, most of God's will, and Justin's going to unpack this here in a minute, a little bit, um, most of God's will, I believe, is, is revealed in Scripture. If we, if we just commit to studying the Scripture and, and reading it and applying it and allowing it to transform our lives, honestly, we would discover God's general will for us. Uh, love God. Love neighbors. Uh, go into all the world. Love one another, forgive one another, serve one another. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and jealousy and drunkenness and sexual sin. He's got instructions for husbands and wives and fathers and mothers, employers and employees, how to handle your finances, your broken relationships, how to handle life's disappointments. Honestly, folks, life would just be simpler for us if we read the Bible and applied it to our lives. We probably wouldn't have as many questions for God if we just did that. But I think there are times where God says specifically, I want you to do this, or I want you to go there, I want you to take this job or marry that person or or whatever it may be, there are specific times where God says, I want you to do something specific. And again, as long as we understand the intent is to bring honor and glory to him, not to ourselves. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that here in a minute. But that's the specific will of God. Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. He'll say, I want you to do this. I want you to go there. I want you to, to, you know, talk to this person. And and, and I've had moments like that as well. The transition to student ministry for the church. Most of you know I came down as an adults pastor, and and then two years ago transitioned to student ministry. And I'm I'm seeking God, you know, through all this this transition, I'm like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Is, you know, like, am I supposed to stay with adults? Am I supposed to go with students? And, I mean, there was a two-by-four to the back of the head that I experienced that said, go work with students. Like, unequivocal, no questions asked, I am supposed to work with students here at Great Oaks right now. And there was, it was just understandable in that moment. It wasn't a general will where God's like, well, if you honor me with the adults or you honor me with students, it wasn't that at all. It was like driving down the interstate and almost going off the road because God revealed it so specifically and so hard to me that I'm supposed to be working with students. And so I think there are times like that uh, where that'll happen. And again, not for our glory, but for his glory. So now Justin's going to start. We're going we're to answer that question. Um, when you hear God speaking to you, not just general will of God, general will of God, read this. Live it out. But specifically, when you sense God might be calling you to something specific or to do something specific, how do you know? How do you discern that? We're going to unpack that for you right now with Justin starting. Mike's working now. Perfect. Um, As Chris said earlier, I'm Justin. I don't know all you guys, but kind of unpacking what Chris just said about the general will and specific will, I want to give a story from my life uh, where God talked to me. Um, This was... About a year ago, um, up at Miracle Camp, I was a counselor this past year, not this past year, but the year before. Um, and every night we'd have a chapel. We'd have a chapel session where we'd go, um, listen to a person speak, sing, sing songs, listen to music. Um, but afterwards, we'd have devos, and I'd have to lead, lead that. Um, usually, I'd have it planned out, knew what I was going to be talking about. But this night, for some reason, I just felt this pull to completely change everything that I was going to talk about, which was kind of 
I don't know, not usually what I would do, but um, I decided to follow it. And during this chapel ser- uh, session, um, I followed that and I built up a lesson. And it ended up being one of the best lessons that I had, um, best Devo nights that I had, kids that asked questions, and which, I mean, doesn't happen all the time. Um, but for you guys, I bet you've had some some sort of experience like that where you feel like God's talked to you in some way. Maybe it's um, God telling you to go accept a job and be an influence for him. Uh, or maybe it's to use your uh, business experience degree to uh, serve the church. Maybe it's something like um, God's calling you to even leave your job. Um, or maybe even for students, it's something along the line of, I want you to go sit with this person in the cafeteria. Uh, or this person's really hurting. I want you to go talk to them. Um, but just because those are some things that we experience, Chris and I came up with uh, three ways that, um, three uh, primary ways at least, that God does speak to us. Chris did say that God does speak verbally to people. I believe that he does. has never happened to me, unfortunately. Um, but kind of going off, Chris actually said it before, um, the Bible is one of the primary ways God speaks to us. Um, this book is, I bet you guys have heard uh, some people call it a love letter from God. Uh, Chris and I, since we work with students, uh, we decided to call it a giant text message from God. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, that's basically what it is, though. It's a giant message from God. God's telling us how much he cares for us. Um, I, don't know, I hate when people say, God's not speaking to me. God's not there. I feel distant from God. Because we have his words with us all the time. Um, looking at uh, Hebrews 4.12, if you guys want to turn there with me, it's um, only one verse. Uh, but the passage says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. After reading that, I feel like I don't really have to say much more, but let me go a little farther with that anyway. Um, For my life also, um, a lot of times I'll be, uh, there have been times where I've been driving place to place or just in the middle of my day I'll be freaking out about something or uh, this time specifically, um, I just felt unworthy to be serving God, um, which I mean, I feel like you guys have probably felt this well. but God basically hit me upside the head um, and showed me, uh, just popped a verse into my head, a passage. Uh, it was actually Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. I'm just going to read it here. Um, but um, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. That's such a powerful verse, and uh, especially with what I was going through, that hit me. Like, it really just spoke to what I was going through. Um, also, just this past, uh, this past week, Chris and I were down in Fort Wayne for the FEC convention. Um, There's a group that came up. They were working in Yolanka, and they don't have the Bible. They don't have a way where they can read God's words. And honestly, that hurt. Like when I think about all of us, how much uh, or how often we have the Bible in front of us, we even have it on our phones, on our iPads, whatever else, and yet at the same time, a lot of us don't read it. Um, I mean, I know for me, I I struggled with reading. I'm not a big 
reader, but still, I try to get in the Word. And it's hard at times, but um, God really speaks to you through this book. Everything that God says to you, even, even if it's not through reading the Bible, um, it's going to line up with what's in here. If you know this book, God's going to speak to you. Um, if you're feeling like God's telling you something, the Holy Spirit's leading you somewhere, um, and it's not lining up with what's in the Bible, it's probably not God, just telling you. Um, but from here we're going to go. I'm going to let Chris come back up here. We're going to talk a little bit about um, the second primary way God speaks to us. So. And that's a, that's a huge one, uh, Scripture. And when you sense that God might be calling you to do something specific, as Justin said, if it doesn't line up with Scripture, um, run. Run from it. It's not a message from God. It's, it's possibly a message from Satan. And he's trying to direct you in a different direction than where God intends you to go. Um, God will never contradict Scripture. Um, this is, as Justin said, his primary way of communicating to us what his will, general and specific will, is uh, for our lives. Um, and, and I guess I hadn't thought about this, but there was a, a story that Bill had told um, a while back. It was a, a guy who was a, a lay leader in the church and um, was just really committed to Scripture and teaching Sunday school class in this church and, and had like a, a Sunday school class like 200 adults that he was leading and teaching. And, but he was spending all of his time investing that, and his, he was basically abandoning his wife and kids. And um, Bill was kind of trying to guide him through that. And, and this guy basically said to, said to Bill, he said, preaching God's word is more important than my marriage and my parenting. And Bill's just like, God would never ask you to, to give up your family um, to teach a Sunday school class. He said that contradicts scripture. And it was just, it was just one example that, that I just thought of. Uh, Justin, I hadn't even, we didn't even talk about that one. But um, there's times where you hear something and just run it through the filter of scripture. Run it through the second one, the filter of, of the Holy Spirit. Um, we don't talk much about the Holy Spirit um, in, in churches. We either, there's churches that talk about them way too much. And then some that never talk about them all, and like people don't even realize there's a trinity. Um, it's, a, it's a duality. Um, it's God and Father and God the Son. Um, and then they learn about this, who's this Holy Spirit? That was my aunt. Um, years ago, we were talking, and, and I said something about Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And she's like, what? She's like, I just thought it was Father and Son. I'm like, what? What Bible are you reading? And, well, she wasn't, uh, so that didn't help. Um, but she's, I'm like, so I had to sit here and teach my aunt, who's in her 60s, about the Holy Spirit. Because she'd never heard, and she'd been in churches for a long time, had never heard the Holy Spirit. And, and so just, it, it doesn't get talked a lot about. Um, and, and there's various reasons for that. We're not going to get into it. But um, Francis Chan, if you want to read a great book um, called The Forgotten God, um, it's an entire book just on this topic of the Holy Spirit. Uh, fascinating book. Um, Psalm 143, verse 10 says, Teach me to do your will, uh, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. Um, and I love that, that picture there. Um, I've been doing some, some training for a, an atypical triathlon uh, coming up in a few weeks. It's, it's kayaking, uh, riding, and running. And so I'm not, I've been a runner but not a cyclist, and so this whole cycling thing is new to me, and I'm learning how to shift gears all right and appropriately. And um, I did it my, accidentally one time wrong, and it, like, jammed up on me. I'm, like, five miles away from home, and I'm like, I don't know how to fix a bike. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? And I managed to just rip it out and yank it and fixed it, so it probably damaged the bike. But um, what I discovered on the bike, just like running, just like backpacking, is level ground is great. I love level ground, right? Going downhill on a bike is awesome. 
Like, I got up to like 28th gear. I'm flying down this hill. I got a helmet. I'm protected. I'm all good, you know. Um, but I'm like flying down this hill. And then all of a sudden there's this up. And I was like, oh. And I go literally from like 28th to first gear like that. And I'm just like grinding away up this hill. And, you know, there's hills. There's hills that we're going to have. And, and all throughout um, Israel in that time and day, um, I mean, I've, I've been to Israel. And it's just, it's a mountainous territory. It's desert. And there's hills up and down. And, I mean, there's, there's hardly any level ground anywhere. And so we see throughout Scripture that God, that the writers of Scripture, David and other people, use this idea of when we follow God, he creates a level path for us. And we love level paths, especially when we live in mountainous areas and we're always walking uphill uh, somewhere. And so there's just this idea from Psalm that, that cries out, that says, God, if your spirit leads us, it will be as if we're walking on level paths everywhere we go. Um, I know I've thought this. Maybe you guys have too. Maybe if you haven't, you should wrestle with this a little bit. But I've often thought, man, it would be so much easier if Jesus was still alive. If Jesus could, like, walk beside me, um, be my homeboy, as the t-shirt says, right? Uh, we're just going to, to work together. We're going to school together. We're going to wherever together. He's on my baseball team, my basketball team. He's traveling with me on vacation. If Jesus were just with me, this Christian life would be so much easier. Like, I, I, I probably wouldn't sin as much as I do, right? Because it's like, Jesus is what I'm watching. Um, I love stalking people and send them a text saying, I see you. And they're like, where is he? Um, but it'd also be like, hey, Jesus, what am I supposed to do in this situation? And he's like, well, Chris, this is what I want you to do. You know, wouldn't that be great if we had Jesus with us all the time? And yet listen to the words of Jesus in John chapter 16. This is from the ESV. Um, he's, he's having a meal with his closest friends. He's getting ready to leave, um, and he's trying to, to reassure them. And he says these words, and these have really challenged me as we prepared for this message. He says, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus is saying, listen, I know you want me by your side. I know you want me on your team. But there's somebody better than me. Like, honestly, if, if I just go and I can send him, and I don't know why uh, the Holy Spirit had to be restrained. That's a big theological conversation. I have no idea. But, like, Jesus is saying, hey, there's somebody better than me. And it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that because it's like Jesus is Jesus. Jesus was human and God, and Jesus knows what I'm going through. But he says, you know what? There's better than me. And it's called the Holy Spirit. And you haven't really experienced him yet, but i got to go for him to come. And so, like, i, I just got to go. And it's, it's really hard for me to grasp that. And he, and he says, here's what the Holy Spirit's going to do. And when he comes, he'll convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me, the world doesn't believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you'll see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus says, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears from me, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. The role of the Holy Spirit is to be our advocate with God, to be our helper, our, our comforter, our counselor. He, he's to expand truth that Jesus has been teaching and that the truth that God wants to reveal to us as humanity. He's to take that and, and pour that into our lives if we allow him to do so. The same spirit that, rose, that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that was evolved in the creation of the universe, the same spirit that, that's a member of the Godhead, resides within us when we become followers of Jesus. And that spirit is there to connect us with God's mind and God's heart. 
to reveal the truth of God and the gospel to us and to direct us into the world and what God wants us to do, to the life that God intends for us to live. And we have to be in such a deep and abiding relationship with God that we know the voice of the Holy Spirit, that we can sense when he's speaking to us, which means, first of all, that we've got to slow down our lives. We've got to unplug from technology and people. We've got to have regular times where it's just us and God. You find your prayer closet, your, your tree house that you supposedly built for your kids, but it's really for your hammock. Um, you know, there's a story there. Um, find your place where you go to meet with God and just unplug. And, and honestly, maybe not talk to God, but just listen. Allow God to speak to you. Listen for his still, small voice. Psalm 4610, it's a freebie, it's not on the screen, but be still and know that I am God. Um, there, there's a story in the Old Testament, Elijah uh, is running you know, away from some people who want to kill him, and he, he goes to this mountainside, which isn't where God wanted him to go. He's, he's actually gone about 200-some-odd miles farther away than where God needed him to be. And, and, and God, he's, he's crying out to God, and, and God comes, and, and there's this you know, huge earthquake that happens, and it just trembles the mountain. And Elijah just knew. He's like, that's, that's not God speaking. And there was this storm that came, and Elijah's like, that's, that's not God. And it was just all this stuff that kept happening that was loud, and, and you would think, like, when God shows up, brace yourself like a man, right? When God shows up, that's God. But Elijah knew God's voice. And after all of the chaos happened, and he heard a, a small whisper, he finally said, ah, that's God. And he came out of the cave, and he said, yes, God. That's the type of relationship that we've got to have, and that's the type of relationship that the Holy Spirit can lead us into. So that when you're just trying to discern uh, what is God's will for my life, uh, that you, you see it lined up with Scripture, but also when you pray and when you're, you're seeking God through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is saying, yes, absolutely. That's what you're supposed to do. That's where you're supposed to go. That's what I want you to, to say. The Holy Spirit is going to give us those words. The Holy Spirit is going to direct us into those times. So the Bible, the Holy Spirit, and Justin's got one more. Okay, well, so we got the Bible, we got the Holy Spirit. The last one that I want to talk about is the church. Now, when I say church, I'm not meaning this building that we're sitting in. Uh, I'm not meaning the place that we come on Sunday or Wednesday or whatever. Um, I'm meaning all of us together. We're the body of Christ for... We are the church. Um, in Scripture, we see many times where um, there's relationships between people, where God speaks. Um, and, I mean, I've seen that in my life, too. That's really the way that I've grown the most is through being challenged and pushed by other people. Um, I want to look at two relationships that Paul had, though. The first one uh, is between Paul and Timothy. Now, obviously, Paul and Timothy had a really strong relationship. Um, in 1 Timothy 1, 1 through 2, uh, Paul says, um, well, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior and of, Jesus, er, of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true son in faith, grace, mercy, peace, or grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I mean, just kind of the way that Paul referred to Timothy there, obviously they have a pretty strong relationship. Timothy's like a son to Paul. Now, I mean, we look in the Bible, there's two letters devoted to Timothy, to building him up. And 
Timothy, he traveled around with Paul. He grew and learned from Paul. And I mean, in the letters uh, that Paul writes, First um, and Second Timothy, they are letters of encouragement, uh, letters of just teaching, basically, for Timothy as a new leader in the church. Um, for me, I've had a lot of uh, a lot of experiences like this too. I am taking this more as um, this relationship more from Timothy's perspective, uh, because. I've had a lot of great people that have like come along and discipled me or mentored me, um, even if it wasn't a mentor to say. Um, but I've had leaders in campus life. I've had Chris here this summer. It's been great. Um, and even um, as Chris was saying, he was talking to uh, the high school girl that broke her leg. I mean, God was speaking through Chris there, just to her. Um, the other relationship I want to look at uh, is between Paul and Barnabas. I don't know if you guys know much about that, but there's a lot of up and da- ups and downs in that relationship. Um, if you guys want to turn to Acts 9, 26 through 30 with me, uh, that would be great. But um, Paul and Barnabas, they traveled around a ton together. I'll give you some time to get there. But um, they grew together, they learned together. But this passage is kind of shown when they first met. Um, it starts with verse 26 saying, uh, When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul, on his journey, had seen the Lord, uh, and that he, uh, sorry, I lost my voice, (laughs) that the Lord had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he uh, had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them uh, and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked uh, and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, um, but they tried to kill him. When the believers learned of this, they took him down uh, to Caesarea, or however you want to say that, and sent him off to Tarsus. This just kind of shows a little bit of the relationship between Paul and Barnabas. It was more of a peer-to-peer relationship. Uh, And I mean, I've had a lot like that too. Uh, Eventually, Paul and Barnabas split off and took different followers and helped them grow up. Um, But here you see Barnabas standing up for Paul. None of the other apostles or disciples really trusted him because of what he had done in his past. Um, But Barnabas was the one to stand up and basically speak words from God. And so these people showing just that uh, Paul or Saul, as it says in this passage, same person, um, they really were speaking the word of God, and he really was following uh, Jesus and following his will. Um, in my relationship, I've, I have a friend uh, up at Taylor, and I'm thinking back to freshman year. I'm going to be a senior this next year. Um, but there was one night where we talked for probably about three, four hours. It was one of those late-night talks. We were walking around campus, but... I think we ended up coming in about 3 o'clock in the morning, so it's kind of late. But um, it was just a great conversation, just building each other up, uh, talking through Scripture, debating, um, but also just learning from each other. Uh, And I I mean, I see that exactly here with Paul and Barnabas. They traveled together, they learned from each other, and they worked together, even though they didn't agree on everything. Just like, oh, Uh, but just like they didn't, this is like me and my friend didn't agree on everything. Uh, Paul and Barnabas didn't. But um, God really did speak 
through both these people. I know at first I was reading through, I was trying to find a passage that said, God spoke through this person. But that's basically what's happening here. Like, even though it's a person speaking to other people, it's God using that person to convey his will. And I mean, you guys have probably had some relationships like that in your life too, I'm guessing. Um, but really, especially the peer-to-peer relationships have helped me grow a lot. Um, but, and what I'm saying, one last thing I want to add before we go back to Chris, um, is that when I'm saying that church, it's not just people that uh, just go to church. It's people that are strong in their faith that you guys look up to. Um, I know I've met a lot of people that are good friends, and we I have learned from them, but um, I haven't been able to grow, and I haven't heard God speak through them as often. Um, all of us here are together for a reason. God didn't create us to be alone. We see that in many parts in the Bible. God uh, uses people together. That he doesn't put them out on their own to do as well. Um, but now I'm going to hand it back over to Chris, uh, and he's going to finish us up here. I think that uh, the role of uh, mentors and peers in discerning God's will um, is oftentimes, honestly, overlooked. Um, we, we think about the Bible, yes, uh, as an explosive line of Scripture, and we think about the, the Holy Spirit and providing us peace and, and discernment. But to have another human being, like for whatever reason, sometimes we think, well, that's not really God speaking. But God speaks through us to each other, um, challenges each other, inspires each other, motivates each other. Um, I've, I've had those peer-to-peer relationships you know, through all my years. And um, I've got a mentor. Um, that I've sat under his feet for over 15 years now. And um, it, it, when, when we're trying to discern God's will, we need to run our thought process through these three filters. Does it line up with Scripture? Uh, do, am, am I sensing the peace from the Holy Spirit? This is what I'm supposed to do. And are, are people in my life, spiritually mature people, telling me that that's what I'm supposed to do? Um, interestingly, I, I had this earlier this, or I guess late last week. Um, my mentor uh, is in New York City right now. Uh, lives in Las Vegas. He's in New York City. Um, the guy that, I mean, I, I would go to the ends of the earth for this guy. Um, he's having surgeries. He's had major surgery for pancreatic cancer. Um, it's a horrible, horrible surgery. Um, he's in a lot of pain. He's in New York City. And uh, my buddy Steve, who's one of those peer-to-peers that we've wrestled over scripture and life and all this stuff, um, he sends me a text message last week. And he says, crazy idea, road trip to NYC, uh, hang with Lauren for a few days. And I write back because I'm like five weeks traveling, 6,500 miles this summer. Karen and the kids have been home for most of that. I've not been with them. And like if I ran it through these filters, okay, the Bible, um, I've got a mentor, give, give good things back to those who teach you. Well, yeah, okay, I'm supposed to go see my mentor. Um, but then as I was praying, it was like the Holy Spirit, no. I went, what? Like this is a guy that I love. This is a guy that I would go to the ends of the earth for. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, you're not supposed to go right now. And I, I really wrestled with that. And, and as I started kind of talking it over with some people, they're like, Chris, you've been gone five weeks. Your wife hasn't seen you for five weeks. Lauren is a great guy, but he's not your wife. He's not the most important thing. And so only one of the three filters ran through for me to hop on a car and drive overnight to New York City to see my mentor, even though everything inside of me was wanting to do that, and it would be you know, a great thing to do. But that's just a small example, a small little case of trying to run a decision through these three filters. Um, see how they line up. Um, and I want to close with this as the band gets ready to come out. You know, as we, as we kind of back up a little bit bigger picture on this whole thing of, of knowing God's will for our lives. 
Um, my question is simply, why do you want to know? Why do you want to hear a message from God? Why are you seeking His will? Because if, if you're like me, and I'm putting myself here, a lot of my times where I go to seek God's will is for my comfort and my pleasure. It's to say, God, what do you want for me? Um, what house do you want for me? What woman do you want me to marry? What, what job do you want me to have? And I've spent years going through types of prayers like that. And the whole time, God's going, okay, you remember what my will is? My will is that you glorify me through your life. James says this. He says, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Great, let's start asking God. And then he goes on, he says, even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. If we begin to seek God's will for our life and our intent, our true motive, is to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus, to lift his name up in our world, I, I can't even imagine what God will do in our lives. If that's our posture in our prayer and say, God, it's not about me, honestly, it's about you. What do you want me to do in this situation to bring honor and glory to you? Do you want me to take this job? Because in it, I will have an opportunity to lead teams of hundreds of people from around the world, and I will be able to teach them biblical Christian principles and elevate the name of Jesus in Caterpillar. Do you want me to, to run the, the PTA? Uh, because in doing so, I'm going to have an opportunity to influence a lot of families in our community. Do you want me to, to go into this school and, and this classroom? Do you want me to join this sports team? Because I'm going to go, God, and if you want me on there, I'm going. The, the reason is to bring glory and honor to your name on the court or on the field. I think God will start to answer a few more of those prayers if our motives are genuine and they're not for ourselves. And so my challenge to you is the band plays this final song. And what we're going to ask is you guys just stay in your seats. Um, if you know the song, you know, want to sing, that's great. Um, if you want to just go into a time of prayer, maybe you've been wrestling with something that, that God's, you, you've, thinking, you know, you've been asking God about. And maybe you're, you're trying to discern his will for your life. This is a great opportunity to pray and, and run it through these filters this morning. Does it line up with scripture? Do I, am I sensing the Holy Spirit's peace about it? And, and are, are spiritually mature people agreeing with this direction in my life? Maybe that's something you need this time right now as we sing um, to just spend time in prayer with God. And so I'm going to encourage you to do that, challenge you to do that. If you want to get down on your knees and pray, uh, feel free to do so. Um, but just use this time. And maybe for some of you, this is all brand new stuff. Like, I've never even thought about God's will. Didn't know there was a God's will for my life. I didn't know, like, I was even supposed to be asking God for his will for my life. Um, wrestle with that this morning. What can you do to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus in our world? Let's sing, and then I'll, I think we're going to close out in prayer as well. So thanks, guys.